So he reached out to me yesterday to ask if I would open up the class. We do have a special speaker that we want to give him as much time as possible. Uh, Paul does a great job when he fills in for Lou, so we want to hear what he has to say for us. So I wanted to start out with just a quick story and something that God is working always with me on. Um, some of you may know I really enjoy mowing grass. Guys, anybody else like that? Like mowing grass? I know when I was a kid, I didn't like it so much because all we had was a push mower. And I used to mow the church property when I was a little kid because my dad would pay me five bucks. So maybe that's what started my love for mowing grass. But for me, mowing grass is a fun thing. I, I ride a mower these days, but I do a lot of things while I'm cutting the grass. I think a lot, I pray a lot. Sometimes I'll listen to my Bible. Sometimes I'll listen to other books, but that's what I was doing yesterday. The interesting thing for me, Julie and I bought a piece of property that we'd like to build on uh, for retirement at some point, but I've been going over there for the last nine months cutting the grass to get it ready for whatever we're gonna do. The interesting thing about that property is it's got, a, got several wet spots, and I'm really optimistic that I'm gonna be able to cut every blade of grass. And so I try to, Mark's laughing at me, but inevitably what happens, I get stuck. I get stuck cutting my grass. In fact, the first time I got there, I got stuck. I said, oh, it's no problem. I've got my truck here. I'll pull myself out. Wouldn't you know, I got my truck stuck too. <laughs> so I had to give Julie a call. It's kind of it hurts every man's ego if you got to call your wife to help her come and get your truck unstuck, which was trying to get your mower unstuck. So I called her, she came and pulled me out and I was good to go. That was nine months ago. I cut that grass almost every week, and every week I get stuck. Every week I get stuck. Sometimes three times, I think the most I've been stuck was six times. And if Will Kirk were here, Will would probably be saying to me something like, and Jennifer, maybe you can fill in for him, what is it that Albert Einstein says about insanity? The idea that you keep doing the same thing over and over, hoping for different results, right? Well, maybe that applies to me. Well, I'm sure certain it does in some ways, but I get stuck all the time when I'm mowing my grass and I'm, I'm enjoying it, but here's one reason I do it. Number one, I, I wanna cut every blade of grass. I wanna prepare every inch of property that, that we have ownership of in the sense that it's our responsibility to take care of it. But I'm also optimistic because I know typically I can get myself unstuck. Either myself or my wife can come get me unstuck. So I started thinking, in life, do we ever experience that sort of thing? Getting stuck. Yesterday, I was, well, I was, before I got stuck the first time, I was listening to my, my uh, Bible and I'm in Second Chronicles. If, if any of you are reading the, the one-year Bible, you're probably also in Second Chronicles. And there's some interesting parts. Every year when I read that, I kind of chuckle at some of the names. Huppum and Shuppum. You, you remember hearing those names? Huppum and Shuppum. I don't know what they mean in Hebrew, but they're kind of comical to read. Yesterday, I, I listened to a new name. I think I've read it before, but I haven't listened to it all the time. And this particular day, I was listening to my Bible. And there's a, a name of a guy called Obadonijah. And I'm thinking, I wonder if Obadonijah is always batting his eyes. Obadonijah. 
I just wonder these kind of things. My point isn't that. Sorry, I get off the topic. But I listen to my Bible and I, I get a lot of good things from it. And I'm thinking while I'm cutting my grass, yesterday I got stuck once, pulled myself out, kept cutting again, and I got stuck a second time. And when I went to get the truck to pull myself out, I got a text from Lou saying, Bill, will you introduce class today? I'm on vacation. I knew he was on vacation. So I responded and said, yeah, I'll be happy to do it. And I started thinking, what would be a good introduction? Paul, I don't know what you're speaking about, but we're going to find out as soon as I shut up. But I started thinking, in life, do we have moments when we get stuck? I don't know about you, but I do. I get stuck. I get in a rut. There's a difference with being in a rut and being stuck. In a rut, you're still going, but you're kind of going in the same path because you get stuck in a rut. But there's another kind of stuck. It's coming to a standstill. And I get there sometimes. And I, I don't know if you were in, everybody come from the service we just came out of? What a great service. And the songs that we sang were amazing. One of them that spoke to me that I think applies to this. My sin was great. His love is greater. When we get stuck in life, well, we do things and when it's real, not virtual stuck, but it's a real stuck, but we call AAA or whoever, we get unstuck. I'm thinking an, an example, I'm also in Romans, and earlier this week I was reading in Romans 7. See if you can relate to this. Wow. Romans 7, 21 to 25. This is Paul. We know Paul's story, but... This is a New Living Translation that says, I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. I think the King James Version says, oh, what a wretched man I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And here's the part that I love. He says, thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Isn't that a good answer to when you get stuck? I'm a wretched man. And I want to do the right things, and I don't. Even Paul said that. But thank the Lord that our solution, our rescue, comes in Jesus Christ. You know, in, in today's times, we're all affected with this COVID stuff. I don't know about you, but it can make us feel isolated and alone, even if we have our immediate family members with us. Think I'm thinking back in the Bible times. Remember when Jesus spoke and he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Remember that passage? And the disciples were saying, oh, oh no. He's saying these words again. Well, if you read that passage in John, it says many of the disciples at that point left him because of what he was, these are hard teachings. Jesus looked at his disciples, the 12 remaining. He says, will you lead me too? And I love Peter's response. You remember what he said? Peter says, Lord, where, who, to whom else will we go? You have the words of eternal life. I'm thinking both of those scenarios, Jesus is our answer. If we're stuck in a rut, going in the same place the whole time, 
Jesus is our answer to get us out of that rut, to go on a different track. If I'm physically stuck, not movable, he can also pull me out. And he's not limited by what kind of truck and how long a rope he has to pull us out or any of that kind of stuff. He's all powerful. If we're discouraged, if we're not doing those things that we want to do, Jesus is always the answer. And like Peter, I don't know about you, but I say, Lord, who else do we have to follow? You have the words of eternal life. So maybe you're in that situation like me. Maybe you're stuck in a place that you need to get out of. Jesus is the answer. Maybe you're not stuck. Maybe things are good in your life. Julie's reading a book right now about heaven, and she tells me stuff about it that uh, I don't know how many people the, the author interviewed, but a lot of people he's interviewed about near-death experiences. And the overwhelming conclusion from what she's telling me, people feel this unusual love, love of Jesus and love of other people. And it's pretty powerful. I haven't read the book, but perhaps she'll let me read it when she's done. But if you think you have everything in your life squared away, you're not sinning too much, you're doing all the, there's always another side. We can always love God more and we can always love people more. There's always more we can do, not for our own glory, but for God's glory. So today, if you're kind of stuck in some of those areas, Jesus is the answer for all of us. I'll open up class in a word of prayer, then Donna, come on up and do the announcements, and then we'll turn it over to Paul. Father, we thank you that in the midst of our sin, our sin is great, but your love is greater. You've got the ability to forgive us, to restore us, to hold us up. Father, may we depend upon you and your Holy Spirit to strengthen us in our weakness. Forgive us for the bad choices, for our sins. Forgive us for those things uh, often referred to as sins of omission, those things that we know to do, but we're still not doing them. Father, we want to be holy as you are holy. And as Pastor Jonathan just shared, the righteous man, the, the prayer of a righteous, fervent prayer is very, very powerful. May we be righteous people in your eyes because of your sacrifice and your strength in our lives. May we tap into that strength and Father, may we please you with what we do, how we respond. Father, help us to love you more each day. Help me to love others. Help us all to love others as we should. For that, we'll be grateful. Father, bless Paul as he's going to come speak with us shortly. And Father, may we uh, honor you in, in our listening of your word and what Paul has to share with us. And we'll thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.